What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 23, and uh, we've got Matt Bayliss back with us uh, for uh, this episode. Uh, so, hi, Matt. Welcome back. Hi, John. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. So, you may remember Matt, a uh, guest hosted on last week's episode we did uh, around uh, NXT uh, TakeOver Phoenix, and that was a really good episode. If you haven't caught that one yet, go back in the archives to listen to that one. You can catch it on all the usual uh, podcast platforms, including YouTube, if you want to uh, go out and uh, catch that episode from last week. But that was a really fun episode uh, and a really fun show to cover. This week we're going to cover uh, WWE World Collide, uh, which was a tournament that was shown on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, the main show was shown on the WWE Network uh, this past weekend, and that was featuring superstars from NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live. We'll go into a bit more detail with that very shortly. We'll also be covering off the halftime heat match uh, that happened during halftime uh, for Super Bowl Sunday and uh, we'll kind of cover off that match between those six NXT superstars a little bit later on. But first of all, back to you, Matt. So really, really happy to have you on board for this episode. Uh, I know the listeners really enjoyed uh, when you were uh, helping us cover NXT TakeOver Phoenix last week. Just want to find out a little bit about you because hopefully we'll get to kind of have you as guest host more and more in the future. Um, but we spoke last week about your wrestling fandom when you first became interested in wrestling and what really hooked you. Uh, but I'm really fascinated to know your, your favourite wrestlers. So kind of growing up, who's your favourite wrestler? Um, who's kind of really influenced you and got you into wrestling? And who would you say are some of your favourites at the moment then, Matt? Uh, so I think initially, um, I think sort of Bret Hart became my favourite from from sort of like the, the, the early days of starting watching uh, WWF at the time. Um, and I was fortunate enough to meet him several years later on, which was which was pretty cool. Um, and then sort of like the the Attitude Era came along, so um, you know there's a lot to love during that time. You know, especially sort of the um, Austin and then the Rock feud that went on for you know most of most of the Attitude Era. Yeah. Um, and then the, the likes of Mick Foley, um, who's probably legitimately one of my heroes. Um, I actually quoted him in my wedding speech, um, which which went down well with with me, and no one else really knew really. About <laughs> what, it, but... what what was the quote? Um, I I tweeted him a few times, and I sort of said, like, you know, like what's the uh, what what's the the secret to, <laughs> to, to um, a, a long and successful marriage? And um, and basically, he came back and said to me that the best thing to do is uh, always admit that you're wrong, even when you know you're right. Um, so Good advice. I went to my wedding speech, and it's something that I live by to this day. So, um, and then I guess more recently, um, you know, I, I still from like you know maybe, maybe not recently, like from like WCW, like the likes of Jericho coming through that, and then coming into the WWE and doing what he's done, and you know, still doing what he's doing now. You know, he's uh, he, that's he's someone that I'm a really big fan of. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, more up to date, you know, the likes of Finn Balor, um, someone that I got to see as Prince Devitt um, in the UK a few times, you know, is always impressive. Um, I think I mentioned last week about my love for Pete Dunne. Indeed, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's, you know, it's whenever I see him on anything, you know, you get that, that sense of pride, even though I had nothing at all to do with his success. You know, <laughs> it's, still, it's still amazing to see him achieving what he is. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think a lot of the guys I follow more now are really are really the, the NXT guys because I think they are the future. So you know, if you think WrestleMania in two or three years' time, yeah, you know, the, the, the six guys that are in the halftime heat match could very well be you know in, in the final few matches in Mania in, in a couple of years. So you know, definitely deserve to be, and, and hopefully that's that's the way things are going to progress for them. Excellent. And uh, final question before we look at uh, the, the shows: um, Worlds Collide and Halftime Heat. 
what would stand out to you as being uh, probably the, the best um, wrestling show you've been to? So it could be either quality-wise or entertainment-wise or kind of a package of everything. What's the best wrestling show that you've been to, would you say? I think that the best individual experience, um, I went to one of the Raw tapings in Birmingham a few years ago. Um, I think we were third row ringside behind mm. the commentary desk. So, um, so you know, there's lots of people tagging me in photographs they were taking off Sky at the time. <laughs> and then... Uh, you know, my bit of fame. Unfortunately, I had a really dodgy handlebar moustache at the time <laughs> for some reason. So, um, you know, so fun memories whenever those pictures pop up, but then also great regret for the facial hair. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Thanks, Matt. So, looking at Worlds Collide. So, this was filmed over uh, uh, the Royal Rumble weekend. Now, usually, uh, you might be familiar with uh, WrestleMania Access, and they've done um, uh, fan fests for SummerSlam in the past as well. This time, they decided to do, uh, I think it was a, a three-day Access over Royal Rumble weekend. And um, over that weekend they recorded uh, the Worlds Collide uh, tournament. So this is something they've been building up over the last few weeks. We've got five superstars from NXT, five from NXT UK and five from 205 Live um, that will be going up against one another in a, in, a, in a knockout tournament and the winner will get a championship opportunity um, at a, a kind of a bout of their choosing. And when I say about their choosing, it's either going to be something NXT or NXT UK based or maybe the, uh, the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, the, uh, the superstars involved for NXT, you had uh, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Shane Thorne, Velveteen Dream, and Dominic Dijakovic. I think I got that right. Yes, I think Mauro Ronaldo would be proud of that pronunciation. From NXT UK, you had Zach Gibson, Tyler Bate, Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, and Mark Andrews. And from 205 Live, you had Humberto Carrillo, Tony Nice, TJP, Drew Gulak and Cedric Alexander. So lots of really top talent there. So I, I don't know how much you, you knew about Worlds Collide going into it before you saw any of it on the network. Uh, what were your thoughts kind of going into it? What were your thoughts about some of the talent? Um, any kind of uh, individuals or matchups you were looking forward to? Yeah, I think um, going into it, it was, it was quite a unique concept that they were, you know, it's really pushing the, the those brands really and then bringing them into, into sort of like you know, really under the spotlight. So you know, I think it was good. I think they had a good, a good mix of talent from from each of the shows as well. It wasn't necessarily all sort of like it wasn't the biggest names, and it was and it certainly wasn't sort of you know nobodies that were just making up the numbers. Yeah. Um, and I think realistically going into it, there was you know there was several people that could have that could have won it. Mm. Um, I don't think it was kind of like it was just there as a vehicle to put one person over. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's you know people like. You know, obviously Adam Cole was sort of like a, a well-known name, so he's probably, probably one of the biggest names going into it. Yeah. Um, but then Keith Lee, um, you know, is phenomenal, and you know, and it potentially suits him with being a bigger man. And definitely. So you know, there's there, there was there was lots of potential going into it. So I, I was quite intrigued to to watch, and I, and I did my best to avoid spoilers um, between yeah. when it was when it was taped and then when it was shown, and then when I actually watched it the next day. So yeah. Um, so you know, I, you know, I was really looking forward to watching it and, and seeing sort of like how they covered off everything. And you know, it's a really fun show to watch as well. Indeed. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, um, Worlds Collide was shown. Um, I, I, now, I think over last weekend it was shown on YouTube. They had like a two-hour show where they aired most or all of the first-round matches. But on the um, NX, sorry, the WWE Network exclusive show. This past weekend, they started off with a 15-man battle royal. So that's all 15 of the superstars I've just mentioned in an over-the-top battle royal. And it also determines who would be facing who in the first-round matches. 
So, for example, um, the first two uh, to be eliminated from the battle royal would face each other, and then the next two would face each other in the first round, and so on and so forth, leading to uh, a winner, a uh, 15th man left in the ring, um, the last man standing, who would get a, a bye from the first round, and uh, that person's first match would be in the next round, which I think is the, the, the quarterfinal. So, um, in the battle royal, uh, I think the final six individuals in there were, let's see, uh, Dijakovic, Keith Lee, Velveteen Dream, Jordan Devlin, TJP and Tony Nice. So, uh, as we get down to kind of the, the closing minutes of this battle royal, uh, Dijakovic eliminated Keith Lee, which was a bit of a surprise, although it does show uh, some positive signs that they're getting behind uh, Dijakovic. He's got a, a great look. Uh, once again, Keith Lee would have been an obvious choice to have done well in this battle royal or to have done well in, in the tournament overall. Uh, but he kind of got eliminated um, kind of uh, uh, towards the end here. Then uh, Dijakovic got eliminated. The final four were down to Dream, Jordan Devlin, TJP and Tony Nice. Uh, TJP got eliminated soon afterwards. Uh, Velveteen Dream then eliminated Nice. Uh, Dream almost goes over the top rope himself after clotheslining Nice out of the ring and nearly goes over to the floor himself. And then uh, Jordan Devlin drop kicks Velveteen Dream out of the ring um, and winning the battle royal and getting the bye from the first round is straight into the final eight. So quite an entertaining uh, battle royal. Um, it looks like it was fairly fast paced. Yeah, I think it was um, you know probably just about the right length really that. You know, being being the start of a of a bigger tournament, um, I don't think they wanted it to drag out too long. But, yeah, you know, it did it did set up a few potential little feuds, and um, obviously like um, Banks and Devlin carried on their their ongoing feud from NXT UK. Good point. Um, so yeah. you know, it, it kind of you know it did it did some stuff for progressing current stuff and and maybe hinting at um, some possible combinations going forwards as well. Yeah. One of the first round matches they showed on the uh, network uh, show was Zach Gibson versus Humberto Carrillo. So this was the only first round match they showed on the uh, on the network show. So it's definitely a clash of styles with Humberto Carrillo coming into prominence. Um, I've covered him once or twice on NXT and he's shown up on 205 Live as well. And uh, Carrillo definitely that, that kind of lucha style. Um, a little bit bigger than kind of your typical luchador. No mask as well. Uh, definitely uh, an up against Zach Gibson. Uh, typical British strong style wrestler, um, a lot more kind of ground moves, but quite a bit, a bit more of a, a hard, high impact wrestler. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on Zach Gibson? So you've, you've seen a lot of British indie wrestling. Um, have you caught Zach Gibson in your travels, Matt? Uh, yeah, I've seen, seen him a few times uh, up in Hull with um, NGW, um, also with uh, Hope Wrestling in Nottingham. Um, obviously, sort of, you know, he plays the heel really well. Yes. And being as he's a scouser, that's <laughs> pretty easy fodder for giving him some abuse. It's a lot of crowd heat, and he's an amazing promo as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's something he's, he's certainly developed over over the last few years as well. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has got a really good look as well. You know, he, he looks strong. He, you know, he looks like a fighter. So. Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, I think he's definitely got a, a big upside going forward. Definitely. So this was a fun match uh, with a kind of a, a very spirited of, uh, effort from Humberto Carrillo against the kind of larger heel opponent, um, and and of course Zach Gibson, one of the uh, of the new NXT UK Tag Team Champions, along with uh, James Drake uh, from NXT Takeover Blackpool. Humberto did actually uh, pull out the win in the end. Uh, now that the move that finished it was a, a top rope handstand Arabian press. So that's a bit of a mouthful, but a very impressive move for the win. Uh, a bit of a surprise victory as well. So obviously um, a competitor that NXT and WWE are getting behind and uh, 
I'm quite interested in. They obviously enjoy the, his style. Um, I've seen Carrillo, as I said, a few times on TV. Um, I don't know if you've seen much of him. He seems to be a fairly newer wrestler, certainly on TV anyway. Uh, what do you think to Humberto Carrillo uh, from this match and overall then, Matt? Yeah, I think he's someone that's um, that's got an, an exciting future. Like you mentioned, he's you know he's a bit bigger than you know your standard luchador, but he can do all, all the luchador moves. Yes. So, you know, I think it's someone that can potentially you know bridge the gap a little bit. So um, obviously he's on two hundred five at the moment. So um, you know, but then if he if he does potentially get a chance to go up to the main roster, um, much the same as as what they're doing currently. Um, you know, he, he can go in there and t- and take on. You know, different different competitors and, and and you know different styles as well, which I think gives him a a lot of opportunity going forwards. Yeah, now we covered one of his matches um, a few weeks back when he had a match on NXT against Johnny Gargano and to be honest with you, that was one of the first times that I've seen Humberto Carrillo and I know he's been on uh, 205 Live since but um, he really stood out to me in that match and again in this match and uh, definitely one to watch so uh, uh, quite a you know a good uh, first round match here between Zach Gibson and Carrillo. Carrillo goes through to the next round. Now they didn't show any more first round matches on the network show but I did catch one that a lot of people were talking about from uh, their YouTube show, which was Tyler Bate versus Cedric Alexander. So I don't know if you went back and caught this, Matt, um, but uh, this was um, highlighted especially as being probably the best first-round match between two exceptional wrestlers. And to be honest with you, it's a shame to have these two high-caliber wrestlers in the first round where one of them would would have to unfortunately go out. Uh, Were you able to catch this match between Tyler Bate and Cedric Alexander, or do you know much about it? Um. I only know that it was uh, a really strong match. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the uh, the first round matches yet. Um, yeah. But sort of on, on paper, it's the sort of match that you know that, that would stand out. You know, if if you saw that on a card, um, you know, you would probably you know make sure you watch that match. And and you know, on a normal card, that'd probably be towards the top end as well. Yeah, definitely a mouth-watering tie, and uh, I caught it this morning uh, before uh, before this podcast started recording. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so just to cover off some of the key spots, um, Cedric applies an Indian Deathlock onto Bait to start the match. So that's a move you don't see very often. And in, 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 Indian Deathlock was definitely a move that you probably saw more in the 70s and 80s. And I do remember uh, when um, Triple H uh, was uh, Jean-Paul Levesque or maybe even terrorising. That was his um, finishing manoeuvre back in uh, WCW, back in the early 90s. So I remember that one especially. And he was one of the last people I remember that used that move, uh, you know, getting off uh, 25 years ago. Um, Plenty of quick... Uh, fast-paced action in this match plenty of quick transitions and exchanges between these two very talented wrestlers now the first time I saw Tyler Bates was when uh, me and you we went to an attack pro wrestling show in Bristol at the back end of 2014 now I'm sure you remember man it it was uh, just before Christmas and it was a fantastic show I'm pretty sure it was the end of 2014 and that was the first time I saw Tyler Bates now bearing in mind that he's only 21 now that would have made him about 16 or 17 at the time Uh, do you remember watching Tyler Bates back then and uh, kind of have you seen much of him on the indie circuit besides that match? Yeah, I've seen. I've been fortunate to see him quite a lot. I mean, the the first time I saw him um, was when I was originally in, in, in still in Birmingham, so be, it would have been before that show. Mm. Um, he uh, he came out of the crowd to um, to to sort of do a bit of a beat down with uh, with Dan Maloney. Um, so again, so yeah, like you say, he was probably you know fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? At the time, <laughs> and, you know, and even then, he was you know he he was well built mm. and. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't really like the big strong boy moniker because it nope. sounds a bit hard, <laughs> but it's it's you know about as accurate as you can get really. Yeah. Um, so you know, so I've seen him quite a bit and, and seen him sort of 
you know, have some phenomenal matches, um, you know, on the UK scene. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just going onwards and upwards now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I say, you don't like the moniker Big Strong Boy, but he is probably pound for pound the strongest wrestler um, I've seen uh, for a long, long time. He really is phenomenal. Um, so the match picks up around the 10 minute mark uh, where uh, Tyler takes Cedric Alexander up into an airplane spin only to drop him back down with a massive uh, uppercut uh, to the former Cruiserweight champion. Uh, Cedric manages to turn Tyler's uh, slingshot clothesline into a Spanish fly for a two count. And that was a bit of an innovative spot. Usually Tyler Bates very good at connecting with his slingshot clothesline, but uh, Cedric uh, caught him in a Spanish fly there for a two count. Uh, Tyler Bates eventually manages to finish, finish the match on the 12-minute mark with his Tyler Driver 97. So that was a fun match and uh, looks like a good way to kickstart the tournament for... Um, for these two competitors like i say it was it was shown on uh, the uh, on, on youtube so if you want to go and catch that match um go to the wwe's uh, page on youtube and you'll be able to find it there from their show from last weekend but uh, a, a, a really excellent match and a, a fun way to start the tournament like i say it's just a shame to see one of those two excellent competitors going out so early so looking at the rest of the first round brackets uh, you had Drew Gulak going over against Mark Andrews uh, in another very entertaining match. We've mentioned about Humberto Carrillo going over against Zach Gibson. Uh, Velveteen Dream, he kicked off his campaign in World's Glide Tournament against Tony Nice, going through against him. Um, Adam Cole um, won a, a very entertaining match against Shane Thorne. Travis Banks, um, he lost out to Keith Lee in the first match there, and I think that was a uh, did actually catch um, catch that match when it was shown on YouTube, and that was quite a hard hitting, um, full on match between those two, as you would expect. Uh, Keith Lee managed to go over in that match. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic uh, won out against TJP in their first round encounter, and of course Tyler Bate, we've just mentioned his win against uh, Cedric Alexander. So Jordan Devlin uh, won the Battle Royal, as I mentioned earlier, and he got a bye through the first round. Uh, and he his quarterfinal or final eight opponent was uh, Drew Gulak. Um, so this was on the uh, network show. Uh, kind of Jordan Devlin, uh, he's really, really impressed me over the last year or so. And uh, I know certainly, you know, since the 2017 uh, United Kingdom Championship Tournament um, at the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, um, he, he he had a bit of a kind of a turbulent few months where he was kind of deciding, you know, what to do with his life. He wasn't happy with his career, wasn't happy with his, his wrestling style. And then things kind of turned around and eventually became OTT champion. Um, and then he's got this kind of new aggressive heel personality with a very solid uh, kind of a hybrid um, wrestling uh, style uh, with a, a lot of ground works, a lot of stiff kicks, um, so, some you know uh, moon salts uh, added in there as well. So a bit of a hybrid wrestler. What's your thought on Jordan Devlin? Have you seen him much on the independent circuit? And um, you know uh, what your thoughts before this match specifically regarding Jordan Devlin going up against Drew Gulak, which is a bit of a, a mouthwatering tie. Yeah, I mean um, Jordan Devlin is someone that I've not really known much about until quite recently, um, and then you know seeing seeing what he's done and. Obviously, the UK takeover show, the match against Finn Balor was, mm. you know, was a fantastic match, yeah. um, and you know, a, a, a nice surprise match as well. Yes, um, and I, and I think you know that that match and then what he, what he does in this tournament as well is you know really good for him, and it's putting him into uh, you know into a, a really good position, you know, potentially going forward. But again, you know, the, the amount of talent in NXT and NXT UK. You know, there's so many people going to be vying for the top spot that you know there's there's so much potential 
you know, depending on how things go. Yeah. Um, but I think he's definitely going to be, you know, in, in that top echelon of, of talent. Yeah, and the thing that I like about Jordan Devlin as well, I've already mentioned how um, I believe he can definitely do it in the ring. He's a, a bit of a hybrid wrestler, uh, really catching people's attention with some, uh, um, some some good wins, certainly in progress. I've covered quite a few of his progress shows, um, his match against Finn Balor, his um, outing here at the World's Collide Tournament. Um, but... Looking at uh, Jordan Jordan Devlin, I mean, he, his character, I think he's really delivering on the mic as well. I think he's got that heel personality down to a T now. So I think he's becoming a, a bit of a total package. And um, I, I don't know whether his connections with Finn Balor will kind of do him any favours in the long run. But uh, I think he's, he's, he's looking like somebody they can definitely push on NXT UK at the very least. Uh, where do you think this guy's ceiling is in the company? Do you think he could be pushed on the main roster or or uh, maybe NXT uh, full sale? Um, do you think he, his ceiling is just purely NXT UK or do you think he could go um, to bigger and better things from here? What do you think? I think he could definitely definitely progress. I mean, um, a lot of what he's doing on the mic as well, you know, he's making a big deal of being the um, the, the best wrestler ever to come out of Ireland. Yeah. So, you know, so that is kind of like stoking the fire with potentially doing something with Finn down the line. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of potential there, and you know, there's I think there's definitely you know a need for some of these guys to. To you know, to to get the the bigger exposure with NXT and or with 205 and, and maybe going further than that as well. So yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of the UK guys that I think, well, I hope um, in the next few years we're going to see a lot more of on a, on a much bigger stage. Yeah, I think talent-wise, a lot of the uh, UK guys have definitely got, you know, the the talent, the credentials to, you know, go up against anybody on the main roster. Um, but it, it really comes down to kind of character and and, uh, and personality as to whether they kind of take that next uh, leap up to uh, to the main roster. But, you know, I, I'm also a firm believer that with NXT and NXT UK, they are their own separate brands. They do need these individuals to stick around to make a success of these individual brands um so you know maybe it's not such a bad thing if you know the jordan devlins of this world kind of stick around for a bit longer uh to uh, make a, a, a bigger name for themselves and a bigger name for nxt uk but this time around he's up against drew gulak so drew gulak definitely more of a submission wrestler uh definitely more ground-based uh, and probably well, one of the more talented wrestlers on the whole of the uh wwe roster i know that he's he, he's been wrestling predominantly on the 205 live brand um he's had quite a bit of character development over the last year or so um so i i for one would like to see them do more with, with drew gulak i'm not saying that he should be up on the main roster but i think if he were to go up onto the main roster with his uh, in-ring ability and i think his, his character development and his kind of um his character work of late um i think he you know he, he could be a good gimmick to have on the main roster um have you seen much of drew gulak i mean are you a fan of his what do you think of uh, of mr gulak yeah, I, th- I think he's um, you know a good, a good solid wrestler. I, I remember seeing um, some stuff on DVD of his a, a long, long time ago, like wrestling in a really tiny little community hall in, uh, in West Bromwich, I think it was. Wow. Um, and um, but yeah, so you know he's, he's a good talent. I mean, this this is one of those matches that I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily have gone out of my way to watch. Um, you know, if, if you look at some of the other matchups, but then. Yeah. You know, I, I did sit and watch it, and, and really, really enjoyed the match. You know, it's quite, you know, it was it was well paced. There was a lot going on. Um, you know, and and it, again, you know, it's one of those matches that could have gone either way, and, and it did, you know, it, it did keep you keep your attention from start to finish. 
definitely. So some of the key spots from the match, uh, Devlin manages to escape a uh, Drew Lock, uh, Dragon Seaple Super dragon sleeper my apologies and i do think uh, drew gulak has one of the best uh, dragon sleepers in the business um an excellent slingshot cutter from devlin onto gulak for a close near fall of his own uh, devlin executes um his uh, ripcord backdrop suplex for a two count and i absolutely love it when he does that move um gulak manages to execute a reverse scorpion deathlock on jordan devlin uh, but devlin eventually manages to get the win after 12 minutes with his ireland's cool finisher and an, an excellent wrestling match uh, with Devlin going through to the semi-final. So a really fun match there. Uh, looking at the, the brackets for the, the, the final eight as it was. So we've already mentioned Jordan Devlin versus uh, Drew Gulak and Devlin going through there. Then there was Humberto Carrillo versus the Velveteen Dream with Velveteen Dream going through to the semi-final there to face Jordan Devlin. Adam Cole uh, won over Keith Lee in his quarterfinal match, and uh, Tyler Bate manages to beat the much bigger um, Dominic Dijakovic in their quarterfinal match. So uh, the semi-finals looking like this: uh, Jordan Devlin versus Velveteen Dream, and Adam Cole versus Tyler Bate. So certainly the, the match I'm looking forward to there, which we'll talk about next, is Adam Cole versus Tyler Bate. Um, definitely a mouth-watering tie between these two. Like I say, you talk about looking at matches on paper and some being more appealing than others. But when you when you kind of knew that this match was about to uh, to happen, you must have been pretty excited, Matt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's sort of I, you know, I would have thought from the beginning, you know, Adam Cole would be one of the favourites to win. So yeah, you know, going into this match, I kind of had the expectation that that Adam Cole would win and, and progress. Um, but you know, if you if you look at Tyler's sort of route through the tournament as well, obviously, um, you know, he he's he went up against some big names and 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 so sort of like you know, potentially overcame the odds really if you look at it that way. Yeah. That, um, you know, there's there's bigger names potentially that he was up against than. You know, and and this match was fantastic. You know, two like fantastic in ring talents. Um, you know, and again, you know, given the time to have a good match as well. Um, you know, it wasn't rushed. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there was plenty of time to build, plenty of time to tell a story throughout the match as well. And and you know, I absolutely absolutely loved this match. Yeah, it it was one of the standout matches from the whole tournament. Now we've spoken quite a bit about Tyler Bates, uh, both in our podcast from last week and already today. We haven't spoke much about Adam Cole. Now uh, I know that a lot of people are on the fence about Adam Cole, uh, as there's, there's some criticism that uh, about his size. Um, you know that that um, he just doesn't you know quite have you know the full wrestling um ability of, of some wrestlers i don't know I, i've i've kind of warmed to adam cole and i didn't follow him much before he joined nxt admittedly um but i do think he makes an, an excellent heel um i do think he's his wrestling style has grown on me he does remind me very very much um of, of a very early 90s uh sean michaels to be honest with you and i don't know if that's right or wrong of me to say that but i think in terms of some of his moves a little bit about his look and his mannerisms and the way that he sells and his gimmick overall is a little bit Shawn Michaels and uh, I might be wrong in saying this but I do believe that Shawn Michaels is one of his uh, early influences uh, what's your kind of thoughts on Adam Cole as, as a character as a wrestler uh, what your thoughts on his kind of his, his future with WWE I know that we spoke last week about Undisputed Era and their possible kind of as a faction going on to the main roster eventually but Adam Cole individually uh, what, what do you think the future holds for him? Yeah, I think he's he's got a ton of potential. Um, you know, he's someone I saw a little bit of him previously in like PWG. Um, you know, and he he always impressed there in, in like a really wild environment. Mm. 
And uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm impressed with him. You know, particularly in the ring, uh, you know, his mic work and his, and his character work as well is, is really good. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, it's someone that you know, I think, I think the similar similarities are there with with sort of like with Sean and and sort of like that that style of wrestler. So you know, he's got the charisma that he, he could go forward. You know, whether it's as a heel or as a face. Yeah. You know, like you know, he, he could be repackaged and. Yeah, and, and move forward as, as a singles wrestler. Um, he's definitely got the, the talent to do it. Yeah. He's just been given the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I, I, I think, yes, if, if he's given the right opponent and the right storyline, I think he could be a massive hit. Like you say, he's got the got the character, he's got, got the ignorant ability and definitely the, the, the presence on the mic uh, to be a really top star um, on the main roster or pretty much anywhere he goes. But I think we're very lucky to have him on NXT here. So it's a really fun match. Some of the key highlights from this match in particular... Um, Cole nails uh, bait with a pump kick and then a fireman, uh, fi- kind of like a fireman buster, fireman neck breaker for a two count. So quite an innovative move there. Uh, then Tyler Bate nails Cole with a, uh, a deadlift German suplex for another two count. Uh, the match goes, uh, it goes about 10 minutes and uh, Tyler Bate uh, wins the match. There's a kind of a bit of a build up to the end here. The end of the match comes when uh, Adam Cole lowers his knee pad for another shiny wizard. Uh, Tyler Bate manages to duck the move and executes um, his slingshot clothesline and then finally uh, finishes the match with his Tyler driver 97 for the 1 2 3. The match actually went 17 minutes. Like I say, they were given time to develop the match and to tell a bit of a story in the ring uh, between two ultra-talented individuals. Um, and uh, yeah, a, a really fun match and a, like I say, a really good uh, semi-final match with Tyler Bate going through to the final. And as you mentioned, you know, you might consider Adam Cole to be the favourite going into this match, uh, especially with his name value. But Tyler Bate, I think he's making a good name for himself as well. First ever uh, WWE champion, as we know former NXT Tag Team Champion with Trent Seven. Um, and I think uh, this is an indicator that WWE are, are high on both wrestlers, uh, but definitely Tyler Bates. And uh, for Tyler Bates to go through to the final was definitely a good sign for uh, for him and for the NXT UK brand. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. It's, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good statement of intent for Tyler, really, that, to go through. Uh, I, I, they mentioned in commentary, um, I think probably at the start of the show, I think, Saying that um, you know Tyler's a, a good tournament wrestler. Mm. Um, obviously, we looking at the the uh, the inaugural UK title tournament, um, and then his, his his achievements in Worlds Collide as well. So yeah, um, you know, so obviously watch this space if there's any more tournaments coming. <laughs> if they you know if they maybe bring back King of the Ring and do it properly, you know, and Tyler's potentially a name that that mm. could that could get a really good push on something like that. Definitely. That would be fun to see. So on to the second semi-final, Jordan Devlin versus Velveteen Dream. So the kind of the story of this match was the Velveteen Dream selling his rib injury from um, from his previous uh, round matches. Um, so Devlin, of course, goes straight for the ribs, straight from the off, and um, Devlin manages to catch Dream off of a, a springboard manoeuvre, catching him with a Uranagi slam and his patented standing moonsault combo. So that was that was pretty good. Um, as I mentioned, the story of the match was Dream selling his rib injury and Jordan Devlin going after the injury. Devlin goes for a sunset bomb to the outside, uh, but it is blocked by Dream. Uh, Dream follows that up with an impressive moonsault from the ring apron to the outside. Devlin nearly gets a three count after a backstabber in the corner. Um, Dream gets a close near fall um, from his Dream over implant DDT, which was uh, quite an impressive uh, move there. 
um, a wicked headbutt and a ripcord backdrop driver from Devlin uh, got a, a two count um, and the end of the match comes when Devlin goes for a moonsault onto Velveteen Dream only for Dream to bring up his knees allowing him to nail his death uh, sorry his Dream Valley driver followed by a top rope elbow for the one two three the match went ten minutes um, it was a fun semi-final encounter the Dream goes through to the final to face Tyler Bates and another excellent match between these two uh, fairly contrasting styles contrasting wrestlers and uh, an excellent run in this tournament for Jordan Devlin uh, like I say he won the Battle Royal to kick it all off got through to the semi-final so um, yes uh, like I say a good run for Jordan Devlin but the Velveteen, Velveteen Dream through to the final there against Tyler Bates which we'll go straight into um, so two of the most talented individuals in the wrestling world and uh, both in the early 20s so as I mentioned earlier you know we, we saw Tyler Bates four or five years ago when he was like 16 or 17 he's only 21 even now and he's already achieved a lot um, you know, in his career, and especially since signing with the WWE, and the Velveteen Dream has only been in the business two or three years himself, and he's only twenty-three. So, kind of, you know, the the skill level that these two individuals have at the moment, and the success that they've achieved so far, both in the early twenties, is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if you if you known anything like it regarding these two wrestlers. At such an early age, I know we spoke about Pete Dunne achieving a lot of success at such a young age, but Tyler Bate in Velveteen Dream, uh, you know, we talk about what's the future of the business, and these two here could be exactly that. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's the beauty of NXT. Um, it's created these opportunities where people can come through and, and, and have that higher exposure, um, you know, and learn learn their way and, and everything. But, before potentially getting onto onto the main roster, so I think in the past people have had to sort of like uh, you know jump through the hoops a lot more, um, and then they do get pushed onto the main roster and they're kind of out of their depth. So yeah. by having the opportunity for younger guys to come through and you know, everything they're doing with the performance center as well, that you know it's not just getting them physically fit; it's getting them ready to be WWE superstars. Yeah, um, and I think you know these two um, and Alexa Pete are, are definitely. You know, like the, the blueprint really going forward of what, of what can be achieved. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think the story of this match, very similar to Velveteen Dream's semi final match, Tyler Bate. Um, he's very calculating in his uh, attack of the Velveteen Dream's ribs and midsection. Uh, with uh, the Dream's ribs being, uh, you know, uh, taped up from his earlier injury. Uh, there's a, a huge backdrop spot here where Velveteen Dream sends Tyler Bate uh, pretty much the entire length of the ring on that backdrop that was very reminiscent of um, uh, kind of when Rick Rude used to get backdropped uh, halfway across the ring definitely sold that one really well um, a huge uh, let's see um, Dream then misses his, his purple rainmaker uh, but hits his um, Dream Valley driver instead for a close near fall Bate nearly takes the win um, after connecting with his slingshot clothesline and a Tyler driver 97, but couldn't quite get the pinfall on that attempt. Uh, the Velveteen Dream eventually wins the match with his Purple Rain uh, maker, top rope elbow, uh, and got the 1-2-3. And, and a great match between these two. I think we, we've spoken at length about how, uh, how, how fun these two are, how great they are in the ring, both in the early 20s, both uh, bright uh, futures ahead of them. 
and uh, the Velveteen Dream won this tournament, the World's Collide Tournament, and uh, he uh, goes on to challenge a champion of his choosing, more than likely within uh, an NXT brand. Um, that's the end of this tournament. What was your kind of your overall thoughts on this tournament? I mean, there were some really good matches there. Um, it was done within kind of like a uh, an NXT kind of access sort of environment. Um, I, I felt that the the look and the, the feel and the presentation was was quite different to what you'd normally see uh, for a WWE presentation. Um, as a package overall, um, how did World to Collide stack up with you then, Matt? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think I, I think everything that's come out of NXT so far this year has been has been top notch, really. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I think they, they, you know, they they acknowledge the fact that it was filmed over over a couple of days and and, and everything, and um, you know they they changed the commentators around, so you had sort of representation from from all the different brands, and I think that worked really well. Yeah, I enjoyed um, that aspect definitely. Yeah. Um, rather than just having sort of like the you know one set of voices throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, people have different insight. Um. You know, I think Nigel McInnes is fantastic yes. as, a, as a commentator. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and especially with, with his knowledge and understanding of the UK guys in particular. But I think you know, overall, from from a wrestling perspective, it was it was really strong. Um, there weren't any, you know, there weren't any squash matches. There weren't any. It wasn't anything that was a bit, you know, dubious or anything. You know, if you think, if you think back to sort of like King of the Ring tournaments, there'll always be one where. Um, someone gets screwed out of the win, or, or you know, something's just pretty over really quickly. Um, the the one thing though is like with with Velveteen Dream getting injured early on, um, that almost in my mind I almost guaranteed he was going to win it. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it's sort of like you know a usual story that someone you know that like battles through and, and and ends up victorious. Um, I've got absolutely nothing against him winning it. I mean, I think he's He's a sensational talent, and yeah. and the matches that he had were really good, and even you know with the injury angle, um, but yeah, but especially those those final three matches, like the two semi-finals and the final match, were you know all really up there with with some of the the best matches I've seen recently. So um, especially in WWE, anyway. So yeah, definitely. And I think if you were there Rumble weekend, not only did you see an excellent takeover and an excellent Royal Rumble, but if you caught any of the action from uh, the Access uh, shows over that weekend, I think you you were spoiled for uh, some really good wrestling action over that weekend. So finishing move limited, specialising in simple, stylish, and versatile items to elevate your everyday. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. We'll move on to halftime heat. So we, we covered this uh, in the uh, takeover episode that me and you did last week, uh, where it was a. Uh, now I think the original halftime heat show was twenty years ago. Am I right in saying that, Matt? And it was between uh, the mankind, mankind and the Rock, and it was an empty arena match. Now am I right in saying that? I do remember the match, but I just want to get my yeah. facts right. Yeah, pretty, yeah, twenty twenty years sounds about right. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's about right. I think that was during their kind of 99 feud. Um, but this match didn't involve any main roster talent, or certainly they're not, they're not main roster talent at the moment. Uh, the six competitors, all exclusive to NXT. Uh, you had uh, the, the three faces, Alistair Black, Ricochet, and the Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. And this match kind of, um, it, it kind of uh, started after NXT TakeOver Phoenix, where the six wrestlers kind of uh, eventually kind of ended up on stage, got into a bit of a brawl. The brawl continued backstage. 
and that set up this match here which, which was taking place during the kind of uh, half time of the Super Bowl this past Sunday. So one thing that really uh, uh, pleased me when the presentation started uh, we should have uh, Vic Joseph on commentary, and I think Vic Joseph is, is one of the best commentators. You mentioned Nigel McGuinness earlier. I think Vic Joseph, who uh, is a kind of um, is sideman on NXT UK, but he was alongside Shawn Michaels, and uh, I thought Shawn Michaels was really good on commentary here. He was really putting over the the talent, um, and uh, he, he, you know, he, he said he was kind of nervous going into it, but I thought he really he did a, an excellent job on commentary. Uh, we don't get to hear Shawn Michaels on commentary too much. I know he, he had one or two spells. Uh, during the 90s uh, when he was kind of out injured or whatnot but um, I quite enjoyed Sean, Mo Sean Michaels being on commentary here Matt what did you think? Yeah it's a you know it's, it's a refreshing change to have him do it obviously because he's, he's invested in sort of like working with the NXT guys um, and you can tell that you know he's, he's got a lot of respect for them and and knows what they're doing and, and I think yeah I, I agree he came across really well on commentary and it's something I'd like to see or hear a lot more of going forward. Yeah, maybe. And uh, I know Sean said that uh, said about the Velveteen Dream that uh, to compare the Velveteen Dream to himself, Sean Michaels, uh, was to limit Dream's ceiling uh, because the Velveteen Dream is that damn good. And, and Sean Michaels definitely putting over the talent, and he, he he's very hands on with the training and the development for a lot of the a lot of the names, probably all of them, to be honest with you, because I think Sean Michaels is involved in kind of like the the finishing class. Uh, within the Performance Center um, over in uh, Florida. Um, but the match starts with uh, Johnny Gargano up against um, former North American champion Ricochet. Um, and then kind of uh, Alistair Black gets involved with Adam Cole. And Alistair Black is just a, a tour de force during this match. And I think all six individuals... They all had their share of the action. Um, they all, you know, got in their top moves. Um, there was a nice spot where Ricochet uh, moves Gargano under the arm of Tommaso Ciampa, and then Ricochet catches Ciampa with a neckbreaker, bringing both Gargano and Ciampa down to the mat with kind of like an impromptu uh, DDT type maneuver. So a two-on-one uh, offense there from from Ricochet. There was lots of innovation here. Uh, springboard spinning uh, back elbow from Ricochet onto Adam Cole. Uh, Ricochet gets a close two count with a standing moonsault on Adam Cole. Uh, Alistair Black drills Champa and Gargano with a series of stiff kicks before nailing a perfect springboard lion salt onto both Gargano and Champa. Um, Adam Cole nail Rick Ricochet with a super kick in midair off of a moonsault. Uh, the Velveteen Dream suplexes Champa over the top rope uh, with both guys tumbling to the floor on the outside, which was uh, uh, quite uh, an, an, an exciting spot. Uh, there's a, a modified Canadian destroyer um, by Adam Cole. I think they called it the, the Panama Sunrise, uh, which looked pretty cool on Ricochet there. That got a two count. Uh, there was a, a triple super kick uh, from... Uh, Champa, uh, Gargano and Cole onto the kneeling Ricochet who was uh, uh, kneeling prone in the centre of the ring um, and, and uh, Alistair Black made the save there before the three count and the end of the match comes after Black takes Gargano out of the match with the Black Mass sending him to the outside um, he, he's no longer involved Velveteen Dream then takes Champa out of the match with his Dream Valley driver, leaving just Adam Cole as the last heel standing in the ring. Uh, Black nails Cole with his black mass. Dream then hits another Dream Valley driver onto Cole, and Ricochet finishes with a springboard 450, hooks the leg, and gets to 1 2 3. So this match had everything. Uh, the show in, in total was about 26 minutes. I, I think the match was a good 18 or 20 minutes of this, so a really fun match, uh, match for that length of time. 
really fast pace. I don't think there was much time for them to get much story or, or kind of selling involved. Uh, but I absolutely love this match. And uh, Matt, I want your opinion on it. You saw it uh, just the same as I did. What did you think of uh, Halftime Heat? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. You know, it's, it, I think um, they, they did a bit of the build sort of on social media beforehand. So they had little, uh, little videos of all of them um, saying what they're going to do, what their intentions are. So I think they kind of negated the need for story, I think. Yeah. It was just six guys who wanted to beat the crap out of each other. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm an NFL fan, so I was watching the Super Bowl. Um, and then as soon as halftime came on, I put the network on and, and watched this. And it was by far and away the highlight of Super Bowl Sunday. Um, Better than Maroon 5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, uh, <laughs> mute, muted the TV and that's just the laptop. So. Very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I absolutely loved it. I mean, obviously you've covered off a load of spots there and, you know, it, it was just really entertaining. I think my, my favourite part was when all the faces, um, so Alistair Black did his, um, his fake dive to the outside and springboard back into uh, sitting in the middle of the ring and then ricochet copied him and then uh, Dream followed up into his own <laughs> version of it as well. Yes. And I just thought, you know, that, that was just a really, really fun you know a fun part of the match yeah you know and i think you know it went down really well with the crowd that were that were there watching it live as well so yeah but overall you know it's like you know six of the top guys in in nxt just going and really just tearing the house down and 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 showing it showing everyone what they're capable of yeah and i think that's really key because with this being nxt and not uh, any main roster talent um this was an opportunity for some real great first-hand exposure of the NXT talent and the six names that we've mentioned um, and, and with it being broadcast live on various platforms um, during the halftime of the Super Bowl. Now there are some reports that uh, only 86,000 people watched it live during the, the halftime period. Uh, let's say some great exposure for the WWE and for these individuals and for NXT's a brand in particular. Um, but so there were reports a day or so later that it's had nearly kind of two million views on on various uh, social media um, platforms, including uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, etc. So you know it, it may not have been. Um, an immediate watch during halftime, but I think people have watched it and, and picked up on it and seen the match um, in the day or so leading. I know you saw it live. I didn't, so I wouldn't have been one of them 86,000 people that saw it live. Um, but it's definitely got the attention of the kind of the, the wrestling community out there. And uh, kind of my main question for you is, I mean, it was such an excellent match. The previous halftime heat was 20 years ago. Do you think it's something that they could capitalise on and maybe do every single year? Potentially, yeah. But I think... Um... You know, not having it every year kind of gives it the opportunity to be a bit more special. True. Uh, I think with, with the with the original one, it was um, you know it, it was built into the feud between the Rock and Mankind. Yeah. Um, you know, they wanted to fight all around all, all around an arena, so they gave them a hot, an empty arena to to do it. Um, I think the, the story with that one was it was it was pre-recorded and, and edited and everything before it went out, so. You know, at least with, uh, with with this one, it was it was live. It, it had to stick to the, the you know a limited time limit. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it, you know it ticks so many boxes. Um, I, th- I think the actual live viewership is a bit disappointing, but I think um, people watching, especially in the UK, if people were trying to watch the Super Bowl, they may have nodded off by then. Um, I know I was close because it wasn't the best game in the world, um, and I think in America. Everyone has their their traditions with with Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, true. Um, so, um, but the fact that the viewership went up so much in yeah. the last couple of days was it was still a priority for people to watch it as uh, as soon as possible. 
definitely, definitely. Well, I really enjoyed uh, the match. Um, I thought it was uh, fantastic. And uh, it, it was one of the matches we just high spot after high spot after high spot. Um, and uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those where you, you know, when you when you thought the match couldn't get any better, then Ricochet came along and did one of his crazy, uh, crazy manoeuvres. And uh, you was, well, that draws a close to this episode, Matt. So uh, I want to thank you again for, for coming on board Wrestling with Jonas. And um, this is your, your second episode. Uh, hopefully we'll get you on board again sometime in the future. But thank you once again for coming down. No problem. I'll thank you for inviting me back. No, you're very welcome. Uh, so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Um, if you did, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button to shout about the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family. Keep listening to Wrestling with Jonas for all of your weekly updates on NXT, NXT UK, WWE, and the occasional uh, Progress Wrestling update. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We're out there. Uh, if you have any questions, you can get in touch by emailing the show, wrestlingwithjohners at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with our uh, via our Twitter page, at withjohners underscore pod. Uh, we're now on Instagram, at wrestlingwithjohners. Um, so we're kind of out there on all the platforms. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any feedback about the show, how we can make it better, or any any shows you want us to review, or any guests you want us to get on board, uh, we'll certainly listen to your feedback and your thoughts uh, on that. But that's pretty much it. Uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Mm-hmm.